With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Boxing. 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 You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live, as you can tell, probably from the outside um, sound and scenery that you could probably get a glimpse of or get a picture's idea of. I'm moving around, man. I'm moving around. It's hot. I lost a little bit of my voice. It's been a very dramatic set of events for the last few days, to say the least. Um, the Miami got screwed over on Saturday against the Florida Gators. I don't really like that too much. One-sided officiating really buried the Canes early. Um, my buddy Grant, Lawrence, Patrick, and Napier has been missing since Saturday night. I've heard I've heard things that he's he's got picked up by someone. Just rumors, you know? I don't know if these are rumors from Chris Brochard's sources. But I've yet to have any physical proof. But uh nonetheless still printing out my wanted posters. Dead or alive. Um, Popeye's chicken sandwich taking over social media platforms before I even seen a commercial of it. Me and JP will talk about that towards the end of the show. But I put that in because it was such a epic event, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but it's Monday now, folks. Monday afternoon, we had a lot of a lot of a lot of going on in boxing, so to speak. And I can't do it by myself without the best set of co hosts I got in the boxing game in general. So oh yeah. And this goddamn car. I gotta put new I had to put new rotors and brakes on my car this Saturday morning. That was fun. So, it's been a 
it's been a long last few days for for old Uncle RC, you know. As I sit here, get ready to discuss, I want to take it to my co-host, in which I've hold held can't even talk, in which I've held gold for in the podcasting platform since 2015, 2014, around there, something somewhere about that. <sighs> Willa, thanks for bearing with me, and um, uh, I guess. I don't really need to shake the cobwebs as we have for the early shows, for me anyways, being up at 9 in the morning or earlier than that. Right now, just getting home and sitting back in the AC finally after a very long day. How are you doing today, my friend? Oh, man, hey, been a good good Monday, good way to start the week, man, feeling refreshed. Um, <clears throat> glad to hear that you might have word on your homeboy. You know, we don't want to don't want to hear any bad news on that end, man. But you know, besides that, we had a pretty good weekend of boxing. Um, the earth started early on on Saturday. Uh, really, a good Saturday of sports, like you said. It started early on Saturday. We got to check out um, two excellent fights over there in uh, Russia. Then I got to see uh, Week Zero in college football. Got to see uh, you know those guys in Florida. Florida teams uh, try to go at each other in that week one, no preseason. Uh, you know, that's that's the thing about college. You ain't got no preseason games, no nothing. You're just going at it for them to have a rivalry like that going on. That was pretty dope. So that was a good way to, uh, you know, start the night. Then we got to end it with a couple of KOs, man. So it was good, good weekend of boxing, good weekend of sports, man. And I'm glad that uh, we're going to be able to talk about it. Yeah, man. How about that bullshit flag they picked up at the end? Passing their fans on my man Jordan at the end, man. You had the safety crashing down on top. You had a, I don't know if it was a DB or a lineman if they were in the nickel or not, or a linebacker, I should say. I don't know if they were in the nickel, and the nickel back went and covered on a big tight end. Um, Five star freshman. I mean, we, you know, we tight end you over here, but I mean, even David and Joku, star tight end from Miami that's on Cleveland right now, wouldn't have caught that pass because of the coverage that was so tight. And the way the referee picked that up at the end really screwed us over at the end of the game. Flag or no flag, Willis, since you've seen it, and it was so dope. Man, from what I remember, I might be, you know, I don't know. From what I remember, I don't think there was a flag. It was a lot of flags. Both teams were playing very sloppily. Um, the reason that Miami yeah, was game. in the game again, yeah, was because they were, because uh, it was, a, they had like three flags in a row, right? Or, you know, so it was. It was sort of crazy, man. It was an ugly game, but that's what you get when you, uh, you know, you set up rivalry games on your first week, man. But you know, that it was a good way to get it cracking. I think uh, Florida, Florida, Florida had the better team. I think Miami had the better QB. Florida's QB, he almost stuck, stuck it up at the end, you know, saying this is what he does and all that. And then he threw a pick right after that. You know, it was a good game, though. I enjoyed it, man. I really don't watch, I don't watch that much college football, but there wasn't anything else on, and I, I enjoyed that game. Yeah, I didn't see too much of the uh, early games neither. That was uh, the the game of the week and uh, a real ugly game, uh, ugly game, but an old school type of a game where it wasn't all the downfield passing. You had a couple shots, but yeah, tough one, man. But yeah, I like what I've seen from the kid Joel Williams. So we'll see how he comes out and breaks out for Miami, Florida. To me, they're they're gonna they're for a long season, man. If they're struggling with a bunch of babies at Miami, I mean, even starting four freshmen on offense, including a quarterback. I mean, come on, man. 
But, uh, yep, take that one on the chin. Defense flying around. We had a starting cornerback that was out. He, as Stephen A. Smith says, needs to stay off the weed. So he'll be back. But, um, yeah, I, I, I like what I see that. I hate moral victories, but uh, looking forward to the rest of the season. But, anyway, let's go to JP. He's moving around just as I was. So um, we're working with the boot to the street today, fellas. So, uh, JP, out of SoCal, man, you, uh, the weather's got to be a lot better than what it is out here. I'm looking at triple digits all week, man. How's it going out there, bro? Uh, <clears throat> you know how it goes down here, man. God's vacationing spot down here in Southern Cali. Uh, but it mm-hmm. is. It's a little warm, man. It's about uh, 90 degrees or so. You know, it's starting to feel like real summer. You know, one of the mail carriers that comes to my property I'm like, well, you ought to be enjoying it out there this summer. It seems like it's been a cool summer. She says, no, how I've been observing it since this global warming shit started that the summers just take longer to get hot. So Labor Day, kind of symbolizing the end of summer, might actually be the beginning of summer. But um, prayers up for your partner, Brent, man, hopefully. You know, this is, you know, I hear people are missing. I start thinking terrible things, kidnapped and all kinds of brutal torture, fucking rats eating his balls, making him pull his legs apart so rats can uh, fuck, being butt fucked for days on end. You know, I think of terrible things. So when, I just like that word. I just like that word. But um, fun word. Yeah, man. Prayers up for him. Um, and and I'm not to make light of it at all. But we just want to laugh in a a trying time per se. But we got some uh, low key good boxing, man. Uh, got some un- unexpected fights that turned out to be pretty good. Uh, Kovalev Yard was the main event of the weekend, and I lived up to expectations. I think it it was a slow burn and uh, momentum for the fight. You know, people, there was a hardcore fight, you know, a hardcore. And then it started, I think it started to gain, gain some casual interest. But I knew it was all bad when that nigga was dancing, coming to the ring the whole fucking way. So we'll get into that, man. But I knew it was bad when I seen that shit. Oh, man. Yeah. You guys are going to have to hold it down for me on this one, man, because, um, I, it started early, and um, you know it was a, a a morning for me where it wasn't my best morning. I had to wake up and and you know service the vehicle and um, service it up and had to change my rotors out, brakes. It was hot. Oh man, it was a it was a rough one, you know. So um, I was getting texts from everybody about the fight, what's going on, and how crazy it was. And all that, so man, I, I I heard Yard had his chance in this fight, but um, probably a little bit of a conditioning issue for how much or how much stamina he used with the ring walk that JP is describing just now. <laughs> so, I mean, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Survey, uh, Sergey Kovalev coming off his boxing performance with uh, El Delir Alvarez after getting stopped brutally by El Delir Alvarez, I thought that Kovalev was there for the taking. And maybe maybe what me and JP had 
spoke on was going to come to fruition in that eighth round. Kovalev got hurt, held on for dear life, made it out the round, and showed perseverance. And, and you know, man, you're thinking about Sergey Kovalev in general, for a guy to get brutally stopped in the fashion that he did against Elder Alvarez, and the day after the six months, what was it, uh, three months, six months, I'm not sure exactly. I have to look up the calendar on that one for how you will get suspended from boxing if you get knocked out and stopped in a, a severe fashion. And the day after the suspension was quote-unquote uplifted was the day of the second fight with El Delaire Alvarez. Getting knocked out is a game-changer. And for Sergey Kovalev to come back after getting brutally stopped and picking up a win in a, I mean, one-sided affair against El Delaire Alvarez, you know, that, that shows character, man. And sometimes those things get undermined. And not saying that me and JP had a, a casual type of perspective where, oh, you know, Kovalev's there for the taking, you know, it, when the ghost is gone, which we thought, I mean, I, I can't speak for JP, but I'll speak for myself and say that I thought that he'd given up the ghost beforehand. And, um, you know, just looking at it from Yard's perspective, young guys stepping up in uh, competition in a similar fashion to a guy who was playing pickup ball at the Y that, you know, essentially getting into – uh, a collegiate or professional type of experience from an analogy standpoint, I thought that it was a, it was definitely a big step up in competition. But I thought that Kovalev was there for the taking because the ghost was gone, man. You know, and uh, for for the most part, we might have been right, but would have, could have, should have never do justice in this sport. So, Willa, I'll take it to you and get this standpoint from your perspective, man, because you were the one picking Sergey Kovalev. You and Janelle were the, on, on Kovalev's side. And me and JP were on Yard's side. Yard just ended up getting stopped by a left jab. Goes to show some power that Kovalev still obtained. What's your thoughts on this fight, man? Um, did 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 Yard impress you more than you expected? And if you want to talk about that ring walk as well, go for it. <laughs> well, yeah, I took um, you know, I had Kovalev winning, and uh, I thought he was gonna thought he was gonna box him. I'll box him, you know, because what I've seen from Yard is that you know he was he's very you know he's very young in the game. He was only fighting UK bums and that he was getting hit with the one, two. And we all know that's uh, Kovalev's main thing. The, the jab, he's going to jab, he jab, he hit you with that, with that straight, right. And he was, he was giving them that work pretty much the entire fight until about the seventh round. Uh, Kovalev was looking good, but you could tell, even though Yard was getting out boxed, you could tell that he was very fast in there. And he was very, and 
and, and he was quick, and he was he was the most he was the more athletic guy. He was the stronger guy in there. But about the seventh round, Yard decided, hey, I remember somebody saying that if I go to Kovalev's body, he doesn't like that. About the middle of the seventh round, he starts going to Kovalev's body. All of a sudden, the fight changes. Kovalev's looking like he's done. Eighth round comes. They tell him, you hear his, you hear his corner, you know, his corner guy. You know, first of all, his corner, man, they, all he does is mitt work. He doesn't do any sparring. It's very, he has this very unorthodox training, which everybody says is ridiculous. But his corner guy, mm-hmm. you know, he says, you got to go for it. This is the round. So he goes for it. He's going to the body. Next thing you know, he's hitting, he's hitting uh, Kovalev with straight shots to the dome. I thought it was going to be over in the eighth round. Um, but Kovalev, we thought uh, Kovalev proved that he still has some dog in him, that the dog is still there. You know, you said you thought it was over for him, that it was taken, but the way he was getting hit, he proved that he still wanted it and he's still hungry in this game. Then right after that, ninth round, he started boxing room again. <clears throat> Yardy was tired. Um, he couldn't do anything after that. That he gave his last little hurrah in the eighth. He started getting outboxed. It started getting. It started looking bad. Where he was just getting hit with shots. Where you know he couldn't even lift his arms up because he was getting beat. I think in the tenth round, his corner was talking about maybe stopping it. And the eleventh round came. He was trying to fight, but he couldn't. He tried to throw a hook. Kovalev threw like a little jabs type, type left hook sort of, dropped him. He laid there. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't get KO'd because he was hurt. He got KO'd because he was dead tired. Um, <clears throat> Kovalev. What Kovalev showed me is that he still has the dog, but he's not as good as he was a while ago. You know, if Yardy had any kind of, any kind of, breath, uh, whatever the word, any kind of stamina, he would have been able to knock him out in that ninth round. I know, in the set in the eighth. He thought it was over. JP's letting us know that he predicted the ninth round stoppage. The next thing you know, he's texting, what is this guy doing? Because that's exactly what it was. He had him in that eighth, but he gave it all he had. Yardy proved to me that he's got, he's got the skills. To, he's got skills. He's got strength. He's got speed. He just doesn't have stamina. And maybe if he can get some stamina, He'll he'll be he'll be pretty good, you know. Maybe if he starts um, sparring rounds, you know, he will be able to predict what his body's gonna do in the eighth round, and he'll be able to pass that up, you know. Um, Yardy, I, he got he did a little better than I thought he was gonna do, really. And that being said, you know, I think in the eighth round, to be I think really in the eighth round I had it tied four to four. So when I say Kovalev was boxing him. He was out boxing, but he was getting hit with some shots, with the harder shots. So I think at the eighth round, I had a 4-4. Uh, ninth round came. I thought it was over for Kovalev. Tenth round, eleventh round, uh, Yardy couldn't do anything else, man. So Yardy's going to be all right. You know, it's his first loss. Um, you know, he didn't seem to take it that hard. Seems like he's confident in himself. Like we saw the ring walk. I thought the way he was coming in, he was dancing the whole way, like shaking, you know, taking it all in. But he didn't look scared, you know. That's one thing I took from it. So, I, you know, usually if a guy does that, 
though he was looking crazy, you know, he he wasn't looking too crazy to me, man. So he already proved himself that he, you know, maybe in a year or two, I think he's a 27 though, so he needs to hurry up. But maybe in a year or two, if he cha- changes up his training, he'll be all right. And he might be able to beat one of these Russian guys because he got pop. That's one thing he does have, pop and speed. So, you know. But like I said, usually when it comes to pick and fight, you go with me. I won't steer you wrong. No, nice, nice. You pat, nice, nice way to pat yourself on the back there, guy. Um, you know, man, bro, you, you got that one. I'll give you that one. Was it a case of another UK brother? Another one bites the dust? Tell me about it. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that, but I would. You know, he he, he jumped up too early. He was. I didn't expect him to win. The UK brother syndrome is when you expect them to win and they don't win. When they're supposed to win and they don't win. You know, Yarde, he wasn't supposed to win. He was stepping up ten times, you know, the competition that he that he that he's been facing. So I wouldn't say that was a UK brother moment. Now if he gets knocked out again, then I'll say that was a UK brother moment. But that I'm gonna cut him some slack. I'm gonna cut him some slack on that one. All right, all right, okay. That's, that's, that's real respectable, man. I can I can appreciate that analysis and uh, tip my cap to you, good sir. You made that pick and you got it and you got a good one on. So that's that's legit. Let's take it to JP. JP, tell me about this fight because me and you, unfortunately, we got a little bit of clothes that we're gonna have today. But hey, you know, sometimes a dead clock is right twice a day. So you know, Willa got that lucky on his part. But uh, oh, Willa didn't tell take me about no chances. Your... Ain't yeah, yeah, no chances. He picked the dude. Everybody else in the world who was scared to pick any damn thing picked. But what we did, RC, is damn near nail this thing down perfectly. Okay, man. So let let me let me go through the fight how I seen it, <clears throat> and then I have Dude, things to to uh, strengthen what I'm saying here. So first three rounds. So let me just start like this yard. I don't want to see him again unless he has to do something really significant to get my attention. Buffoonery at its finest. So first of all, your training and all of that shit is buffoonery. It doesn't seem that you guys have enough experience in the in the game. I don't, you know, I don't want to rule out his trainer. I don't know anything about him. But if you're telling me you don't spar, man, now look, there are certain practices and methods in boxing that maybe are slightly archaic, like when Floyd does the fucking net thing where he lays over the ring. I don't know. Maybe you can or can't do You can miss that one. But there's certain things, like going for a run, uh, doing some jump rope to improve your footwork, uh, footwork. And fucking sparring is not the number one thing you should always do in camp. That's like number one, right? Or hitting the bag, I mean, that's right along with hitting the damn heavy bag. So that rubbed me wrong. Secondly, look, I don't need you to look scared, but I'd rather you look scared and nervous than fucking come out with a bunch of buffoonery, dancing and dabbing and Harlem shaking and all this shit for 15 minutes down that long-ass walkway. Like, dude, you're about to get into a fight in Russia against a Russian. You might want to be taking this seriously, okay? So I was, he was dabbing it all that shit to the ring. 
I mean, you know the young nigga dances, whatever they do, you know <laughs> how they do the shit. I mean, you know, all the little shit, like Baby Millie Rocks and whatever them shits be called. Um, yeah, so he doing all of them, you know, just coming down to, you know, some Migos type of music, one of that kind of music, and doing the dances you do to that. Turned off by it, because I'm like, okay, maybe if we was at Madison Square or Staples or Arlington, whatever, that's a little different. But I think you need to be more serious when you're fighting on foreign ground especially in Russia against a beloved Russian. You might want to be taking this shit fucking serious and training harder than you ever have. But on to the prediction, man. So let me just go through some rounds real quickly here. One Rounds one through three. You had yard, again, lack of experience, because what, what fighters do who don't have a good training base, good fundamentals in their training, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So you remember when Andre Berto out the blue, that one fight just came out doing the shoulder roll, and the, whoever was fighting closed his fucking eyes up. That's because you don't know what you're fucking doing. Guys who know what they do, what they're doing, and their their training is consistent. You don't see Canelo do no new shit. Canelo don't come in there and all of a sudden he's doing different shit. I think more than all of a sudden come in the ring start doing different shit you never seen him do before. So Anthony goes in here. Uh, so he's being a cute fighter, and nothing wrong. He's being the slickster for the first three rings, and actually winning. I.e., you heard Ward say, you know, right now, Jar's quickness is causing Kovalev problems. So he was able to out cute and out quick him. He could beat him like that. Problem. Stamina comes in uh, again. Your fighters, stamina. You're in a championship fight, dude. I've never seen a championship level fight with a dude's conditioning this fucking bad. That was just inexcusable how bad the man's conditioning was. So for the first three rounds, you're a cute, slick boxer. But when you get tired, what do you do? You lose discipline, right? That's the first thing that happens is you lose discipline. So after four rounds, all the cute shit was gone. He could no longer, like, try to uh, – he wasn't leading. He wasn't uh, slipping the jab and coming with the left hook right after it no more. That's what had Kovalev on his toes was the, leading, the lead left hook. After a jab, Kovalev like, oh, shit, every time I throw this jab, here comes the left hook. I might not want to do that. But lack of discipline, lack of stamina, he couldn't keep doing that because it's too much on the toes and moving and being cute and shit. So, boom, we go through a few more rounds. We get to about seven or eight. So once you can't be cute no more and, you know, like say an aging fighter, when an aging fighter loses his legs, he has to fight now. He has to fight more. And so Yard, once his legs were kind of gone, he's like, let me fight. And then he did remember the body. But then he could also beat Kovalev like that. Kovalev was out on his feet in the eighth round. Dude, I don't, it's hard for me to say which fighter would not be able to have put Kovalev away in that eighth round. Kovalev has zero defense when he's hurt. The poor man just out there, face wide, guard wide open, still trying to punch. He just has no ability to survive. But Yard, just garbage, dude. At, to be fighting on this type of stage and this level, he is not good. He didn't, I, I mean, whoever he fought to get here had to be atrocious. And I still believe that the ghost is gone. Kovalev is shot, shot. You see why Yard didn't accept the step-aside money from Canelo? 
because he's like, shit, why should I let Canelo walk in here and kick his ass? I could kick his ass. Step aside money, I'm sure they was offering a bunch of good money. And to step aside and not take a fight? Well, of course, anyone. Yeah, one million dollars. do that all the time, I'm sure. I'd have done it. I mean, if, but if it's anybody you worried about, you do it. But Kovalev is shot, shot. Anthony Yard, with his last hurrah, as Andre Ward said, this is Koval- This is Yard's last hurrah. If Kovalev can withstand this last push, he can get him out of there. And, boy, it all happened within a few minutes. Kovalev was gone. That boy could not finish. I thought, okay, maybe he'll just come saved by the bell. He'll come out in the ninth, turn him again, and finish it off. But fucking Yard did barely throw any punches in the ninth round. And it was like, it was a turn of events I kind of, I don't think I've seen too often in boxing. But Yard just, dude, he needs to go back to the drawing board. They got a lot of work to do there because I'm telling you, even though Kovalev won, he's shot. Dude, this is more of a testament of Yard not being able to close the deal. This is not Kovalev closing the deal. Kovalev hit him with that left fucking half jab. He was like, oh, this motherfucker fell? Oh, okay, great. Oh, you stand down? Great, I won. Motherfucker didn't know that he did nothing because he didn't do nothing. That boy is shot. Um, dude, anybody would have finished him. Man, Canelo will kill him. Kill him. He's gone. The ghost is any time he touched him to the body. Yard woke up and said, oh, yeah, I forgot he's weak to the body. Hit him in the body every single time. You heard the commentator say, Kovalev didn't like that. And you could see it. He had grabbed his, grabbed his midsection. He cannot stand any type of punishment. He's a shot fighter. Uh, fucking Yard just could not close the deal. To me, Yard is slightly better than like a nigga on the streets, man. To be honest with you, I don't know about where y'all come from, but where I come from, niggas fight. Cats got hands. And so Yard ain't that good, man. I don't even, you know, he's not championship professional level of a fighter. He's just a dude who knows how to fight, you know. And if you're not testing a guy to see, to think that, you don't need to spar is fucking mind-blowing to me because dude, we all can go shadow box, hit a heavy back, but even us being complete novice, no, it is a totally different thing when you're sparring, let alone in front of a big-ass crowd of people in a foreign country. You're fucking, uh, what's the word, the, um, uh, your adrenaline is shooting through the roof. It's going to tire you faster. It's just so you need to put yourself in those positions to know how to operate within them. So it's just deplorable and it's inexcusable. And Yard and his whole team, bunch of clown shit. You know what I mean? You came in here and you weren't even ready like to to be a warrior. You know what I mean? You 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 got tired, dog. You didn't lose because this man beat you up. You lost because you got tired? A matter of conditioning? Are you kidding me? That should never be the reason in a in a championship fight. If you're on championship level, it shouldn't be you so fucking tired. You done got hit with a jab. You can't get up no more. That's inexcusable and something we do not, we rarely see at that level in boxing. So, end of the day, man, Kovalev is still fucking shot. He's shot as ever. The 
Ghosts have left. It's just this boy was not good enough to go in and grab it. When Kovalev was just ready to go in there, he was one shot away. Yard, and he doesn't pop hard. I don't think Yard has much pop because, he's, you know, he, he could have hit Kovalev. Kovalev was there for the taking, boy. He was there for the taking. And uh, Better Beeb and B-Ball and every last single one of them gets Kovalev in that position, he's gone. So that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, it's crazy to see how, I mean, Kovalev survived that that little flurry that, you know, he was obviously hurt and Yard was putting hands on him. I mean, you know, it was a, it was a, I mean, I thought we hit this one on the hammer. I thought we hit this one on the money. I thought we had this one. We'd have been, I mean, it's not a level of an upset that Ruiz had over Anthony Joshua. But for this year, an upset, the guy that nobody really had on the radar, like Anthony Yard over Sergey Kovalev in his hometown fight in Russia. Ooh, we almost had that one. That'd have been, it'd have been up there for the upsets in, in a year that's been very upset based in boxing. It was a, a crazy fight, man. So, um, the reason I make that pick, RC. Oh, go ahead. The reason I picked that. It's not because of how good I thought Yard was. I knew very little about Yard. I just know how fucking shot Kovalev is. But right, Yard right, is right. even knowing very little about Yard. He's even worse. I didn't know his fucking stamina was that bad. I didn't really watch him. Who'd have known that? Like you, at 27 years old, whatever you are, all cut up. You so tired. You can't get up, dog. Like. When do you see that? So, you know, I picked that because I know that Kovalev, and whoever gets the next is going to beat him. This guy just a, 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 a money bag. This motherfucker's a, a walking a money bag, walking around in a belt. That's all he is. That's, that shit does not belong to him. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't impressed by the looks of, of yard in the opposition as far as though that dude's chopped up. He's a young boy. Looks like he's hungry. He might get Kovalev out and I, I, I'm with you. I thought that Kovalev just, I thought he didn't have it anymore. Whatever that was that Andre Wood took from him, he's never going to get it back. And then no, um, Kovalev, he reminds me of a lot of Manny Pacquiao right now from the fact that when Pacquiao got knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez, he went to a boxing style and went to a fighter who avoided certain shots in which before the knockout he would be willing to take those shots to give his own in order to seek for the knockout. And Kovalev, he he got the knockout, um, but he was in a danger zone for sure. And, And we all know that the body shot, the body is his weakness, the body shot. But when you go to the body, you're giving up a big target on one side of you. So it's uh pick your poison over there. But um, Janelle's with the folks. Let's take it out to NYC and see what's going on with Janelle. Um, yo, man, I don't know if you got swamp ass season over there yet, Janelle, but been like that over here. How's everything going with you, my man? How you doing? Hey, what's popping? How y'all doing? What's cracking? Man, not much, bro. Just getting this Monday started off on the right foot, talking about all these tournament events that happened this week in Boston, and we're going to have a rundown with uh, 
that I put in the group message. We're going to have to talk about this Kovalev yard fight. I'm going to bring up the uh, Juan Francisco Estrada, Andy Ruiz, Brandon Figueroa, and some Popeye's chicken. So <laughs> what's good with you, man? What's your thoughts on this fight that had happened this weekend over in Maharashtra? Well, well, I mean, it looked like I predicted. You know I mean, the, the lack of experience in that in that muscle frame and the fact that you find that the guy doesn't spar at all. I mean, so in other words, he has hardly no muscle, uh, muscle memory because muscle memory is what's going to – it's like when you're tired. Okay, this is what your muscle is trained for. This is what you're going to do when you're tired. And it's like he had no answers for being tired. I really believe the guy would have been in shape. One, Kovalev wasn't knocking him out because, again, fatigue is what knocked him out, not the power of the punch. It's like when Foreman lost to Ali. Ali wasn't a powerful puncher. He got tired. He punched himself out. This guy's cardio was just fucking terrible. Um, Kovalev was right for the picking. And when he had those four body shots, I think in the seventh round, I was like, yo, Kovalev's getting knocked out. He was there to get knocked out. One one more good shot, that guy would have been done. He would have been done. But you know, I, I think both guys look terribly sloppy. Um, both guys have very poor technique. Uh, Kovalev was hurt. And he was, and he was also tired. He got tired. He threw a lot of arm punches. I mean, you know, Kovalev today is not what we seen yesterday. And, and think Kovalev is, I think anybody right now is looking looks at Kovalev as a stepping stone. A lot of those top light heavyweights, and even Canelo. I mean, Canelo can outpoint him. I don't think he knocks. I don't think he knocks Kovalev out, but I think Canelo can outpoint him. And now we see why Canelo wanted to fight. I mean, it's just like. I don't know. Um, I think Kovalev is just right for the picking. Any other young gun, light heavyweights who who is in shape and can take a pretty good punch, I think they knock Kovalev. I think they stop Kovalev. Kovalev is just better calling. He might as well just fight Canelo, make his uh, uh, biggest payday of his career, and then just call it quits. You know, so I think that's what he needs to do. I mean, because he's just there for the picking. So take his big payday and call it a day. Yeah, so you're on the side of the fence that you're thinking that Canelo's going to whoop his ass. I got Seattle Seinbold telling whoop, me that. Not whoop his Seattle ass. Seattle Seinbold telling me ass. that Kovalev's going to sleep Canelo. <laughs> I don't – well, one, Canelo's going to be on his contaminated meat also. <laughs> he's also going to be on his juice. You know what I mean? He's going to be on the go Kovalev juice. has like yeah. – he don't even have the right hand no more. All he has is the jab. And that's getting yeah, weaker. Yeah, yeah. That fucking right hand in yeah. man. I think Canelo can make Kovalev look a fool. Canelo gonna hurt that. Uh, Canelo. Canelo gonna knock him out within eight. I don't think Canelo knocks him out. Ooh. Unless he, I take. Well, no, he's not knocking him out. Yeah, I think Canelo gets could, the TKO. Could, could, no, no, no. Come on, you bugging. All, you bugging. all it takes is body. Nah, you bugging. You all bugging. it takes is body. Well, oh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think I'm bugging. I think body works. Ever, what top fighter has he ever knocked out? Seriously, what top fighter? What top fighter? Not a top fighter? I got a question. I got a question for you, Janelle. What top fighter gets hit in the stomach one time and drops his hands and and completely, completely looks 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 weak? So he's only gonna jump up two weight classes. He's gonna jump up two no, weight no, classes no, and, and not come back out. And hit him. No, not knock two him weight classes. TKO. TKO. Come on, he's not. He ain't gonna sleep. I don't him. think he's stopping him. He's not. He ain't gonna be sleeping. I think he, yeah, stop- he stops him. I think he wins on points, but I don't think he knocks him out. I think he wins on he points. Quit. Andre Roman. Ward was able to stop this dude bent over on the fucking ropes. Look, Andre, Andre Ward has never been known as a Andre person. Andre Ward is ever. physically, he's, phys- he's, phys- 
pushing. What you talking about, pushing a football sweat? That's when physical strength come in. We talking about punching. Does, does Andre come on, Ward man. harder than Canelo? Yes, he does. Does Andre Ward? Yes, he does. Well, I don't know by how much. Canelo, but he's got a 154. Who fought guys with better chins? Keep that in mind. Andre Ward fought guys with solid chins. Fox, Fox, all those guys he fought, they all had really good chins. Um, Canelo ain't knocking out those guys that fucking were uh, fucking beat or couldn't knock out. Man, come on, stop it, man. Come on, come on. Canelo's not this murderous puncher. He's just not. He's not a murderous puncher. He's not. He's you don't not. have to murder stop a guy it, that can't it. take body shots. We're just talking about body shots. You gotta be I'm murderous about body to shot. hurt this guy. Yeah. I don't is, think he is, hurts is, him. Is, is, I yard, think he makes... is yard murderous? Is yard murderous? No, he's not. Hell no. And he, he hits harder than Canelo. Though. Out he, hits, he hits harder than Canelo. He hits harder than Canelo. We don't know that. We don't know that for certain. Yes, he does. Yes, he and, does. And Canelo's been knocking out guys at 154 and 160. He's not beating. Come on, he doesn't hit harder than light heavyweight. Are you uh, are you serious? Are you serious? Dude, I'm not yeah. over. I think Canelo's punch placement and ability to push shots where he wants will make those shots just as effective as what fucking Yard was doing. I think his power was overrated. I think his power was overrated. I've always said his power was overrated. He's he's not this murderous puncher, man. Hey, he's just not. Well, the thing he is, is he doesn't. well, the thing is, uh, Canelo knocked out a TKO, a uh, super middleweight. Uh, so you know, oh, so he's gonna oh, jump oh, up too. Who who ever heard of Rocky Spears in that fight? Seriously, have you heard hey, of Rocky Spears? I, 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 I called it. I called it in two rounds. Hey, hey, seriously, seriously. Well, you just asked me if he knocked answer out. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer the question. Super middleweight. Have you heard of Rocky Spears so until he fought Canelo? Yes, have I've heard, heard of Rocky, Rocky Fielder before he fought Canelo. Yes, I have. <laughs> but the thing is, what elite, what elite fighter has Canelo ever knocked out? Is so Kovalev is elite? Prime. You just said Kovalev was done. You just said he's washed and sloppy. So now we're saying he's elite? Against a top light heavyweight, he's there for the picking. Is he elite? He ain't top light heavyweight. Right. Okay. But we'll see, man. Canelo's I mean, not he's arguing all day. He's we won't passing, know until he's the, prime, yes. they're going to fight. He's passing prime, yes. He's One not knocking Canelo. And he can't take body shots. And he can't take body shots. And Canelo is Canelo is, is, is a body snatcher. So we'll just see. I mean, we can argue all day. We, it'll come. The fight is happening. I'm going to have that hundred for you. He's going to have that hundred for you. He's going to have that hundred for you. He's going to have that hundred for you. On that, con- Motherfucking, on that contaminated uh, Apple meat. Cash, we got a hundred on this. <laughs> I got Canelo by stoppage. He's gonna be on that contaminated yeah, meat anyway. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, somebody. I'm telling you, you guys, you got time to get some money, man. Seattle Slime over here talking about Kovalev's gonna sleep Canelo, so and y'all know he always trying to get get... money up. So <laughs> might be a chance to I get think... some easy money. At this point, I think Canelo beats him on points. I think he beats him on points. I don't think he knocks him out. I don't think he. I don't think he knocks Kovalev out. Well, but Kovalev. That's what. That's I what we're Kovalev here for. We're we gonna find out. I think Kovalev should take that fight and call it a day. He is gonna take the fight. Uh, take his, take, yeah. yeah, he might. Yeah, he might as well. It's a big payday. It's the biggest payday yeah. in his career. It's gonna be for the view. It's gonna be in front of a large crowd. So might as well take it. I'll get the big payday and just call it a day because any any time heavyweight right, right now. Sleeps Kovalev. I think he's. I mean, he's done. He's done. He's yeah, not maybe, the guy man, he once maybe. was. So. We'll definitely know the mentality that he's gonna have against this fight. He's not gonna be afraid of Canelo, so he's probably looking at this like easy money. 
would fuck this little guy up. He ain't up I think Canelo will make him. I think Canelo's gonna make him miss and make him look like a fool. His head movement. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Kovalev was never really good at hitting a moving target, really. He never was good at it. And Canelo... Uh, uh, does Even have though he beat Andre Ward the first fight. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. He did. I think he definitely <laughs> did. It's all right. It's all right, man. Moving along, fellas. We'll keep on, we can go end on end with this one. And I was day, there but... for that fight, too. And I was there <laughs> for that fight, too. Yes, you guys were. Yes, you guys were. All right, yo, moving along. Hey, man, the zone had a lot of fucking fights coming on last week, man. I mean, there was a lot of... I mean. You know, you had Liam Smith on the undercard. I mean, looking like a, a fucking McDonald's manager beating the shit out of Keith Thurman, looking like brother. Like, I mean, they had some really good fights over on the zone, in which the headline was Juan Francisco Estrada against Dwayne Bimon. Bimon. I mean, this dude is out here. I mean, there's there's a great scene. It was popping out there, and, and uh, I mean, it looked like for a second in, in starting in this fight. Uh, I think it was in the second round. You seen Estrada take a, a, I believe it was a left hook, but he got he got stepped back, and you had you had Dwayne Beeman really pressuring him in his mug after that. He took a shot and nodded his head, yeah, like I ate that. What you gonna do? And uh, man, you know he, he ended up getting get caught with a left hook coming in. He said it was a push. But if you look at it in the replay, I mean, I don't need the replay, but when you see it, you've seen it. And on the replay, it showed no left-hand hook coming right around the way. You're too aggressive. Get back. Step back, fullback. And then, it, 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 I mean, Estrada, he's such a, a good fighter. I like this guy a lot, man. Uh, when when he was in the fight with Sarasquet Rongasai, I mean, it's just a perfect stylistic matchup, man. These guys are doing some work. It was a great, great fight. Ninth round, you see Estrada putting punches together. He's got him working, getting to the body, doing whatever he wants, and ultimately being just a little bit too much in this fight. Where, I mean, you know, the the, the brother took an L with this one. You got a Mexican dude that, 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 that put him out of there. But Juan, Juan Estrada, I mean, I like this guy a lot, man. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see where he moves forward. In his career, because this was this was a hometown fight, so uh, now it's time to get back in the get, see what the the mandatories are going to look like, and see who's going to be the next man up for Juan Francisco Estrada. Well, uh, this guy at first I was not a fan of him. In the first fight with Sirasky at Rungvasai, I was you know I was with him. I was with Rungvasai on this one. Second fight with Rungvasai, and the complete opposite turn of events where you know he beat the shit out of our guy. <laughs> but um, he's proven to be uh, a damn good commodity in the sport. And this fight that they had on on the zone, they had I mean, there's so many fights going on, a lot of knockouts that were going on this on this card. Um, I didn't I didn't see the entire card, but I was able to catch the the main event and watch a little bit of the Liam Smith fight, whatever. But your thoughts on this fight because. You know, we thought it was, you know, just going to be some easy work. But, you know, uh, uh, he got some rounds in. He got some rounds in, and uh, it was a better opposition in that man, Dwayne Beeman, than what was previously expected. Um, your thoughts in a grade, if you will, on Juan Francisco Estrada's performance Saturday night? Well, you know, my thoughts on it is Ron Estrada, uh, uh, Francisco Estrada, he looked pretty good in there. 
looked like it was it was sort of easy work. Dwayne Beam, uh, Beeman, he came to fight. You know, he did. I think he did us proud, man. You know, like like JP says, you know, you want to get you want to get the crowd crunk, especially in Mexico. You send a, a weak black guy over there and watch him get his ass whooped. You know, Beeman, we knew he was coming in. I think he was like 31. I don't know exactly how old he is. I think he's an older guy, had 16 fights, one loss, something like that. He looked so older. I thought he was going to come in. Yeah, I thought he was going to come in there and get his ass whooped. And he did. You know, he got his ass whooped, but he was giving Estrada some punches. He was talking a lot of noise, but he was just outclassed in there. You know, he, he was going in. He was attacking the whole time. He came to fight. He came to win. You know, but he got his ass whooped. Uh, Strada looked good in there like he always does. Um, he was very calm. You know, maybe, you know, at the end I started thinking maybe, you know, since he was in Mexico, he wanted to give them a little more of a show because it seemed like sometimes he really wasn't punching. So I don't know if that was because of Beeman's speed because Beeman was faster. Uh, he he didn't – he said he had power, but he didn't really have that much of a crack. He, he might have stepped Estrada back a couple of times. But as many times as – he hit Estrada. Estrada's face seemed to be intact. It, it didn't look like he was bruised up at all. It looked like he could probably hit the uh, hit the fiesta afterwards. So uh, he looked good in there. He did exactly what we thought he was going to do. He got the sleepage. He, well, he got the stoppage uh, in the ninth round. Uh, started working on him. Beeman, I think he he got tired in there too, but we didn't expect too much of him, man. You know, I think Beeman did all right. He didn't just put a stink on us, uh, on us, uh, American brothers, like, you know, like Yardy, there was probably about the same, but he went in there and nobody thought he even had a chance. So Strada looked good as always. We'll see what he can do, you know, but being a super, what is he? Super bantamweight or something like that. I'm not, you know, we'll see what he got. I think this, I'm looking at the number, the contenders in there, uh, Soren B-side or Willie, whatever his real name is, he's out there. And then, uh, some Japanese cats. <laughs> I don't know any of these young, these little guys. So we'll see, man. He's gonna have to move up to get some real fight. Uh, and bantamweight. I think the monster is Inui in the bantamweight. Yeah, because he's about to fight Donary. He might need to go up and fight a, um, that Japanese monster out there. You see, I think he's a top pound for pound in most guys' uh, list. So we'll see if Strada can go up. He's fighting these junior bantamweights. Uh, I don't. Nobody really cares. He's going to have to go up and fight uh, that monster out there from Japan after he beats uh, Donary. I think that's coming up pretty soon. So I give him a, a A. a plus, uh, I give him an A. He got the knockout in his hometown, you know, in front of all the Mexican fans. Um, it was all right. You know, he's pretty good, man. Wow. Yeah, Mexicans were hype out there, man. He did him, did him well justice for that fight, man, and just looked really good in doing so. And it was, you know uh, – I'm, I'm, I got to say, I got to give a lot of credit to Dwayne Beeman because, um, you know, honestly, when I see him go down in the second round, it, it, to me, it didn't look like uh, this fight's getting close to end. It, you know, it, I knew he had more in him. But if he didn't show any kind of dog from that, you know, I, I, that would have looked bad. But he was game, game opposition, a really good guy that you want to uh, get some rounds with and all that good stuff. And uh, he – did really good for himself, even in defeat. But um, JP, your your thoughts on this one? Because I know uh, you're a Juan Francisco Estrada guy. With uh, you know he's a he's a damn good boxer, man. I'll give this guy a lot of credit. I ain't got nothing bad to say about him. 
contrary to popular belief of people thinking that I have a personal vendetta against Mexican fighters or whatever, but I like this guy a lot now. I, I think he turned me over to be a fan of him. What was your thoughts on his performance this Saturday, my man? Same as always, man. Um, big fan of Francisco Estrada. Was in attendance for his fight versus versus Chocolatito, as you guys know. Um, I was in for a night of things I didn't know was coming. The racial tension in the building was high. Nicaraguans versus Mexicans. And I just sat back and took it all in and was asking my Mexican friend, like, what's going on? So it was cool. Um, my favorite type of fighter, like I always say, man, um, great punch placement, puts him where he wants, punches and flurries, punches and combos, works off the jab, gets the knockout, goes to the body, does all the stuff, man, just from the the Nacho Berestein type of fighter. So I really enjoy watching him operate. Looking forward to him being in some bigger fights. You know, it's a it's a bit of a conundrum with the Mexican fighters. You know, they say the the Mexican fight the Mexican fan base is the one that really counts the most and that makes the fight game what it is. Well, you have a lot of good Mexican fighters aside from Canelo, and they don't get no love. It seems Ray Beltran and uh, Francisco Estrada and even you know these dudes. Everybody can't. Ain't gonna be Oscar De La Hoya, so you know. So it's a lot of these dudes. Where they, you got Ryan Garcia over there complaining that he ain't getting no love. What do you think Francisco Estrada saying? What do you think Ray Beltran is saying? You know, <laughs> Ryan Garcia has fucking. He's done less than either of them twofold. So you know, it's a lot of good young Mexican fighters out there, and they're not all fighting traditional Mexican style. So. I think that's changing. I think the style will change. They're getting tired of coming in with their face as a as a shield and saying this is our style. No, you just have you're lacking skill. So I like to see the Estradas of the world and uh, those remind me of the Jose Luis Castillos and the Juan Manuel Marquez. Um, but we, you forgot the the yeah. undercard fight though, man. The undercard tapping and. And my that African that African prince. They said that African prince, he fighting just because he want to fight. He he back home getting bathed in in uh alkaline water all day by bad African <laughs> women. So, you know, that that's what I got on that. Yeah, I I didn't catch that fight. I've seen um I've seen some yeah, of the yeah that was the, in Russia. Uh, yeah, that was, was that, that was the undercard for. Yeah, that was the undercard for Kovalev. Oh, that was okay, early okay. in the day, yeah, because that guy Paplin, I think his name was, he was supposed to be the up-and-coming Russian guy. You know, they wanted to see what he got, and he ended up getting his ass whooped by, you know, a more experienced veteran with the hammerhead out there from uh, from some place where he was the prince second heir. So, yeah, he coming from that money, yeah. The royal penis is clean, your highness type of uh, treatment he's getting. Still whooping boys. That's uh, you know, sometimes <clears throat> when you gotta, uh, uh, you know, they say the rich guys aren't tough, but you know, sometimes there's an exception. Mac- <laughs> Makabu, Makabu, Inuga Makabu, I think his name was. Whoop that boy Stop in Russia. I'm spinning. Wow, that's <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. I, I mean, I have much respect to that guy. I'm a fan of him already. Shit, if you. 
If he's just fighting because it sounds like he just wants to fight, <laughs> not out here trying to chase a paycheck. From the Congo. I, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. <clears throat> if I had to listen to that one real quick. Excuse me, guys. My fucking throat's killing me right now. Um, but, uh, man, see, there's just some things I can't stand in this sport. And one of them was Brandon Figueroa in his last fight. I mean, first of all, not the biggest fan of the Figueroa's for my own personal reasons. But, um, you know, Top Rank had some fights going on. And uh, <clears throat> I think this one was, uh, where the hell was it? It was somewhere in L.A., uh, in the downtown district. Um, was it like a... Um, Which fight? Figueroa? No, that was out here in Texas. That was in the Valley. That was a hometown fight. That was in Texas? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That was okay. out here in like uh, Bracken... Some yeah, somewhere in the valley. Yeah, we had out there by Mexico. Okay, see, because um, I was looking at the uh, uh, Brandon Figueroa shit that happened, but uh, I was looking through the top rank, and top rank got me a little mixed up on that shit. But um, no, nah, man, Brandon Figueroa is the guy who we, we talked about um, uh, in his fight, and uh, I'm. I should have been looking up at. But um, Brandon Figueroa was fighting a guy who, I mean, legit was just wearing, like, some, you know, some some, some dad shoes, you know, like dad jogging shoes and shit like that, uh, and and just just such bad opposition. I hate to see the level of opposition be so bad, but when they're, like, so old and it's bad, uh, the the age disparity. I gotta look up the the age difference, and that was in Edinburgh, Texas. So you're right, well, that was out there, in your neck nearby, around that way. Um, thirty eight. Uh, my man was thirty eight. Chacon was thirty eight. That's ridiculous, man. I was gonna guess about forty because he looked a little older than that, but I wanted to be generous. But you got the I C Y M I. Interim super bantamweight world champion Brandon Figueroa defending his 122-pound WBA title in a, a, a stoppage against uh, Javier Chacon. Um, and that was in front of the hometown fans over in uh, the Burt, what was it, the Burt Ogden uh, Arena? So in Edinburgh, Texas, um, you know, it, 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 it shows you a lot of um, – a lot of what people thought about Omar Figueroa, you know, he's got a, a, a good size to him, and he throws punches and bunches, and with the the arm reach that he has, some of those hooks that are, you know, coming from from the southwest part of Texas, coming back up top, it looks kind of good for, you know, a casual perspective. But I never liked it. I always, always thought that, that style that Figueroa has, like, yeah, He's willing to throw punches in, uh, but he just leaves himself so wide open and looks sloppy, man. I see a lot of that from Brandon Figueroa as well. Um, but nonetheless, Brandon Figueroa went in there and, I mean, just, just put the hands on on, on poor Chacon, and we had a second-round stoppage where, I mean, up and, leading up until the point where before the knockdown ha- or the knockout happened, he had – or it was in the fourth round, I'm sorry. Um, in the fourth round, we're talking about a disparage from – 96 punches landed by Figueroa 
to 14, 16, something like that, for um, Javier Chacon. Uh, you know, guy gets knocked down, tries to get up, falls flat in the face. Brandon Figueroa gets his arm waved, and he holds the belt, defending his strap in his hometown. Good old, good old story over at Fox Sports One and PBC with the uh, the victory in the first minute in the fourth round. I don't like Figueroa. I don't like Brandon Figueroa. I don't like Omar Figueroa. Not a sister. I can become a fan of that one. I hear, I hear she runs a, 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 a fitness program out there. And uh, you know, I've never been one to have a personal trainer or anything like that besides, you know, when, when old young RC would, would, would put the gloves on. But now I can get behind a woman female trainer if uh, I have to figure out I figure out where that girl's at. I'm gonna have to do some some deep sea searching and uh, see what I could come up with about that. But anyways, Brandon Figueroa picked up a win in the fourth round against a very old, just sad opposition of an opponent in Javier Chacon. Well, not much to say about this fight because it was something that was put together for a certain reason, and let's just say PBC's. Uh, a plan came to fruition, so I could give Brandon Figueroa credit for that because we've had, you know, cherry picking gone wrong before, and it won't be the last time cherry picking's gone wrong, but it didn't happen over in Edinburgh, Texas. What was your thought on the performance by Brandon Figueroa? You know, when it comes to these Figueroa boys, you know, I got to show them some love because, you know, they're out here representing Texas out there in the Valley doing their thing. Um Brandon Figueroa, he he has the same style as uh, as Omar. He does the same thing. He sort of has a little side look. He's throwing a lot of punches, um, but he's he, you know beating up an old guy. He did what he had to do. There's really not that much to say because Chacon just went on the ropes and just covered up pretty much the whole time. Um, you know, there was a, I think there was a guy on that card named Fulton um, that I think is in the same division. He they he called Figueroa out. Uh, said they were supposed to fight. So I, I'm I'm waiting to see if he's the real deal. He's the interim WBA World Super Bantamweight champion, whatever that means. I guess that means somebody super Bantamweight. I guess that means somebody is uh, – he's in there with – I guess he's in there with my man Estrada, right? Estrada is – we said super Bantamweight, so that's the same thing as uh, yeah, no, never mind. That's round one twenty-two. No, that's uh, that's junior featherweight. Yeah, no. So he's bigger than that guy. So he's in here with Daniel Romans. Let me see where he's ranked. He's not even. He's ranked number eight. So he's got to fight Rigandal, uh Ray Vargas, uh, Navarati. I don't think he's he's that good. Dogbo. Maybe I want to see him fight Dogbo, but he's not ready for that. Twenty-two years old. He's got you a don't long like way Dogbo to go. for some reason, dude. Or Dogbay. I'm sorry, you got me saying last names like you. You don't like Dog Bay. Yeah, Dog Bay. No, remember I did like him until he got his ass whooped. Remember I thought he, you know, I thought, you know, he was an inspirational <laughs> story until he just started getting fucked <laughs> up and we realized he didn't have no skills. I mean, that just is what it is. But, uh, you know, they got him ranked number eight in the uh, ring, on the uh, ring rating, uh, ring TV rating. So, you know, I don't think he's ready for a ring and dial or not ready or Ray Vargas, but. You know he still got a little a little ways to go. We'll see if he's any good. What it beating up that old guy on Saturday night didn't prove anything at all. Uh, but you know you're out there in your hometown giving giving people what what they want to see, which is a knockout. And uh, you know it was a pretty good card. They had a lot of uh, they had a lot of 
Texas guys on that card. Um, they had a lot of guys from the Valley. They had a couple of guys from Houston out there. So it was an all right card to their show. Bunch of uh, just up-and-coming fighters, man. So I'm not mad at it. 22 years old, he doesn't need to be fighting anybody too crazy. But, you know, just for that WBA interim championship. So, you know, I'm not mad at it. He did what he's supposed to do. Knocked the old guy out who didn't throw any punches. I'll give him an A for his efforts. Yeah. I'm not going to follow up on this question with JP or Janelle because I don't give a damn about Ryan Figueroa um, or, the, or Omar Figueroa for my own personal reasons. But, um, you know, that's a joke of a discussion and it was almost dead air on my part. And on my behalf, I'd like to apologize to the listeners of the show because what we should be talking about is Andy the Destroyer Ruiz saying, Aha, gotcha, bitch. Got old Eddie Hearn to fork out some real money over there now because he was being real tight. Now, one thing I really have an issue with on this is we know that he's getting a little bit significantly more of a purse uh, raise from what it was initially reported. Um, oh. oh, sorry about that. I got a message here. And, uh, I'll get back to that in a little bit. Anyways, um, <clears throat> but uh, I have not seen a report inked up about how much more he's getting. Now, it was rumored beforehand that he was supposed to get $9 million initially, and he said, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go over there, but whatever, take me to court. I don't care. Eddie Hearn, as I said, did not want to take this to court and pursue legal actions that would have legal ramifications. So, Eddie Hearn forked up a little bit more money for the dope boy, the champ, 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 Andy Ruiz. And, you know, you got to be sitting back and thinking life's good right now. You know, if you're Andy Ruiz, you're kicking back, you know, eating whatever you want, not really having a strict diet of discipline. You just got these three belts that you beat up, a guy who looked like was chiseled out of stone. And uh, the, 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 the UK AJ protectors thought that this was the best heavyweight since, you know, I mean, ever created a heavyweight with class, whatever. <clears throat> and now you're getting the biggest fight of your life again for more money. And you swindled them, to, you swindled them in to give you more money than originally expected. Um, hey, <laughs> Life's good right now for Andy Ruiz, man. And I was on, I was on record saying I didn't think it was going to happen in Saudi Arabia. But you know, Andy Ruiz, you gotta you gotta play your cards, and he played them well enough to fool old Uncle RC and thinking that he's not gonna go to Saudi Arabia. You know, just uh, playing his cards well and he's getting a, uh, I would guess, somewhere around. Mm, I'd say maybe around $13 million is what we're going to end up seeing for Andy Ruiz, and that's not counting for, you know, incentives and bonuses and things of that nature. So, um, well, it's happening, man. We'll go to JP and Janelle after this one, but, you know, it's happening. <clears throat> it's finally official where um, we don't have to worry about it now. Andy Ruiz played his card, and Uncle Al wins again because, as we all know, Andy Ruiz was only doing what Al Heyman was telling him to do. And having a guy like Al Heyman in your corner, 
he ain't going to steer you wrong. He's going to steer you strong. What's your thoughts on this official, official rematch finally being negotiated to happening in Saudi Arabia? Well, it's finally going down, man. We talked about it, but then there was some uh, bumps in the road, but now it's going down. Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. It looks like um, it looks like Eddie Hearn did serve him with some papers and then the next day uh, agreed to give him, like, I think from what I heard, it was like $3 million more, so he's going to get like 12 13 like you said, $1 million for the fight. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, and I'm also excited that Ruiz, you know, to announce the fight, you know, he finally said, uh, and I'll read it, uh, I dethroned the king June 1st and made history becoming the first Mexican-American heavyweight champion of the world. I'm glad that this motherfucker finally said Mexican-American because that's what he is. So I'm seeing that, like I said, the contract was already signed, you know, and he was he was just trying to get a little more money since Eddie Hearn's probably getting a little more money and Joshua's probably getting a little more money. So if they played it smart, Al Heyman does what he does uh, best, got got a little more money for his fighter. Uh, so that means he's getting a little more money, and everybody wins. So I'm looking forward to this, the clash on the dunes, Ruiz versus Joshua 2, December 7, 2000, uh, 2019 in Saudi Arabia, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait till we get a little closer. We can see the, the face-off. We'll see if, if Andy Ruiz lets Joshua hold his belt like Joshua did to Andrew Ruiz. We'll see if Andrew Ruiz is going to be talking noise. Is he feeling himself like uh, like he probably should be? We'll see, we'll see, man. I think I knew it was going down. I knew it was going down in Saudi Arabia, but I'm glad that it's finally been – it's finally official, and we don't have to talk about this foolery anymore until, you know, closer to the fight, man. So I'm excited. I'm glad, it, I'm glad it's happening. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad Eddie Hearn had to, you know, had to put the Vaseline on and, and open up over there because my man was being that three million tight. didn't That, that $3 million didn't, uh didn't hurt Eddie Hearn. There's a reason he went it to did. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, well, you know, it didn't hurt Eddie Hearn uh, financially, but, you know, from an ego standpoint, Eddie Hearn was getting pissed off at all this shit and he finally forked up, so... You know, jokes on him. And if Joshua loses again, Eddie Hearn could kiss away, kiss goodbye all that fucking money because he ain't got nobody outside of what? I mean, eh, Canelo's not his guy, even though Dizone has him. Whatever. Triple G's. On yeah, his Canelo way. ain't his guy. Triple G. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's got Canelo's Triple not G his and, guy. Billy, and Billy Joe. No, that's what I'm saying. Canelo yeah. isn't his guy. He's still Golden Boy. But yeah, no, yeah. he's uh, yeah. he just got Triple G and uh, old Billy. Billy Ho over there. And yeah, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, he, he. This is a this is a make or break type fight, man. And I, I know I like Eddie Hearn sometimes, but sometimes I'm like fuck Eddie Hearn. So this is a love hate relationship. Uh, JP, man, we've been talking about this one for almost a goddamn month now. Where this shit was announced in Saudi Arabia, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing over there? Then Andy Reid's like, nah, fuck you. I'm not going over there. And, you know, Eddie Hearn's like, no, fuck you. I'm going to take you to court. You're going to do this. And he's like, nah, I'm not going there. And all of a sudden, all right, let's do it, big fella. Andy Ruiz, um, he had everybody fooled. He was on, you know, public platforms that were very, very uh, uh, world-renowned, such as uh, the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, 
where he was saying, nah, man, and they had him, bro, I ain't doing it over there, I ain't doing it over there. And it was just a game of cat and mouse. And, you know, all Hedy Hearn, the last thing he wanted to do was get, take it to court. So what's the easiest thing to do? Get the big man some more money, man. Pay that man. And he did. He's finally going to get this fight scheduled for, as originally announced, December 7th. And it's finally going down, man. I'm excited this one's happening. I, I, I thought that, shit, man, maybe we could see Ruiz sidelined for a little while, like Mikey Garcia was, or like Andre Ward was. I thought it was going to come to that. I'm glad it didn't. What's your thoughts on the official, official rematch being announced? JP, JP, JP. Going once, going twice. All oh, right. I'm mute. Do you got me? <laughs> I got you, dog. You're good I, now. Loud and clear, brother. Yeah, I fell off. I fell off, so Willa had to come back to me. But, uh, oh, look, shit, man, my bad. All the, all the finances are taken care of, and that's good. Want, they want everybody to feel like, you know, they, they're getting what they deserve. Now, since we have to do all that over money, I hope that the fight being overseas and more money, that means less we have to pay for pay-per-view. Because pay-per-view, from what I understand, is only because, you know, the negotiation needs help with the fighters' purses and the promotion, all this stuff. So I'm hoping that this um, garners for us having a cheaper pay-per-view than the first time around, but I, I highly doubt it. That would be more expensive. But like I've been saying the whole time, I feel like – Dude, that's just been a part of me feeling like there's been a mishandling I mean, hey, hey, of Joshua. I mean, hey, JP, it's on the zone, right? So the zone means no pay-per-view, right? The zone means you pay uh-huh. for the zone. You're watching the zone fight. Oh, okay. I ain't like that ES- it ain't like that ESPN foolery where they got you got ESPN Plus, then you got ESPN pay-per-view. I think the zone, that was the whole thing, right? If I'm If I'm correct that, hey, we got the zone. We ain't doing no more pay-per-view. We're getting rid of pay-per-view. You pay this, you're seeing all the fights. So, yeah, you know. Good thing, good thing. So then there's that. But like I said, man, I feel like there's been a real big mishandling of Joshua. Um, I feel if we just entertain my conspiracy theory, you know, they they came to the conclusion that, you know, it's okay. We, we can take a loss. You know, it don't have to be the Mayweather blueprint where you have to be undefeated. And, you know, they probably used Lennox Lewis as the example, then to come back and beat the guy. And, you know, kind of how Lennox did all those times, all those two times. And um, I believe they looked around at the boxing landscape. They looked at, at Wilder. Wilder's locked up with Ortiz. They looked at Fury Series over here getting all the soft pitches in the world, and they said, what are we going to do? You know, we need to create something compelling because the other guys are doing compelling stuff, you know, and here we are, you know, kind of left out of the, left out of the series, so to speak, with no inventory. So uh, if we're any entertaining that, I think that's been a mishandling. But if we're not and we're just talking about Joshua just lost that fight, I expect to see him rebound. Uh in the fight to look a lot how it did in the third round. There was not nothing about that fight that led me to believe that Andy Ruiz is better than Anthony Joshua. The, the punches that hit him didn't look like they should hurt. I, I, I'm still confused about that whole night. In retrospect, that night was just a fiasco. Anthony Joshua 
allegedly had a panic attack in the in the in the locker room. You know, you know just weird stuff. And I didn't believe that happened because, well, no, it, it did happen because his dad was in the ring tripping and saying he lost because he wasn't oh, yeah, mentally. Yeah, right. I forgot about that. He was tripping on Eddie Hearn. You're yeah. Right. Tripping in the ring after a fight. And, you know, Anthony wasn't in the mental space to fight. Now, why not? You know, maybe we were spoiled by Mayweather. Now, I always say Mayweather spoiled us because you never heard of no fucking panic attacks and, you know, wasn't no dancing to the ring. Came in ready, you know, hard work, dedication. And we just, that's what we used to, man. Ain't no foolery when it's fight time. It's just all fight time. You know, Joshua, you know, he looks how I want my heavyweight champion to look. He's a look-the-part all-star. I mean, no one looks the part. I mean, Anthony Joshua looks the part more than Deontay Wilder does. But Deontay Wilder has all the personality and everything of the baddest man in the world. You think Deontay Wilder's going to let somebody hold his belt? You think he's going to be smiling and skinning and grinning with you after a fight after he lost? Oh, it's all good. Hell no. It's all good. Hell no. And I don't want my heavyweight champion doing none of that. So uh, I just would love to see Anthony Joshua rebound and be that, that guy that we thought he was. Because, you know, he, you know, you could say Anthony Joshua, large in part, was to do with the rebound in the heavyweight division. Large in part. You know, Anthony Joshua was um, definitely one of the, the, the main persons who's who's been resu- part of the resurrection of the heavyweight division. So, you know, I want him, want him to win. No disrespect to Andy Ruiz. And, you know, you guys know where I was at on it the last time. But this time, I want Joshua to win because it's just more compelling with him at the top. Now, if Ruiz were to win... A Ruiz Wilder fight in Los Angeles is crazy. You know that's a crazy fight. I thought the referee won't even go to the fight because you might Man, have to. Fight. We, we in there like swimwear, buddy. We in there like swimwear, guys. Gee, you better. You might bring some sneakers because you might have to throw hands. You know, because it's gonna be some some passion in the building. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, so it's going to be passion out there. But I'm happy it's all finalized, said and done. Uh, we know what we're going to get. I'm interested to see if freaking Joshua can just come in here and look like a fighter, don't have a panic attack, don't be with all this friendly, smiley shit. And, you know, just get in there and look like the heavyweight champ like you used to. So that's what I'm looking forward to. No, that's, that's what's up, man. Try to true. I hear you. Hey, well, let's take it to Janelle. Janelle, you were the one talking about this fight going down. I wasn't buying it. It's going down. What's your thoughts on Ruiz and Joshua getting it on in Saudi Arabia? Uh, I think Andy Ruiz was playing mind, uh, playing mind games the whole time in the back of his mind, and he knew he wanted it in Saudi Arabia. I guess he just, I guess he was playing mind games with Joshua. You know what I'm saying? Joshua seemed like his head not really into the, I mean, I mean, both guys have a lot of distractions, like I said, on the last show and and the show prior to that. You know what I mean? But I think Maurice is just trying to – I mean, I think Maurice is kind of in Josh's head a bit, it seems like. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to work or what. But if Joshua loses this match, then, like, Eddie Hearn is just basically uh, – his investment is, is, is basically going to do do. I mean, his, his investment is going to be – 
man. Hey, let's just see how the fight goes down. That's, that's all. I, I mean, it's just like I think it's hard. I, to, I don't know, man. Huh? It's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I didn't mean to interrupt you or nothing like that, but just judging off what I've seen from Anthony Joshua, he gonna get his ass whipped again, bro. He's gonna unless JP JP might have the. I mean, he might be the one who 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 who's, seen, who's got it all. Just figure it out. Uh, maybe we have a trilogy. He has to impose his will, impose his height, impose his reach advantage. I mean, I mean he's a big, strong man, but, he, but yeah, he wasn't imposing himself in that first fight. And don't try to get into a shoot fest because you got the least faster hand of the two. I think he needs to jab and grab. I think that's what he needs to do in order to win the fight. Just, you know what I'm saying? Just, like, win the fight and going, out, going elsewhere. But like you said, I, I mean, okay, yeah, you lead towards the reach, but I think Reese basically himself is kind of a little distracted. I mean, he's Oh, he's enjoying that life. Oh, he's enjoying that life. Like he's enjoying the big pay, the big pay the, of fame right now. The guy's always out. You always see him wearing his uh, bling bling. He's driving these Royal Roses, a uh, double R's. And he's just enjoying himself. I mean, is he as focused as he was in the first fight for the rematch? I damn sure hope so. Yeah, he's gonna definitely make some adjustments, but it's gonna it's gonna be hard to to. Uh, we well, got some sound in the background, you know. If you ain't talking, press mute, bro. Um, but uh, there's gonna be um, gonna be hard to figure out how to work that gas tank, man. That gas tank is the biggest problem, and I'm, I don't know if he's gonna be able to fix that in time. But we got a short time amount left uh, left with this fellas, so um, you know I wanted to get to the last part of the show where we're gonna talk about what the world's been talking about, and I'm gonna go to JP first because Willa has yet to experience this. And I know you, you you probably ain't ain't out there eating like we is right now because we ain't in fight we ain't in fight dates right now. But um, JP, I gotta talk to you about this. I wish Willa and, and and Janelle could join us on this one, but unfortunately they have not treated themselves enough at this point in time. Everybody's been talking about this Popeye chicken sandwich, man. So you know what Saturday. I was a uh, oh, oh, JP fell off again. Uh, oh shit! See if we can get him back on here, cause uh, okay, JP's back with us, folks. No worries. Uh, this part of the fight that this part of the fight show that I wanted to put out there was called RC and JP Popeye Chicken Sandwich Experience, because it's been talk of the town, bro. I I've seen it and I heard about it. From social media Not even on a Popeye's chicken commercial You know you got the lady in there My chicken The, the commercials that pop up and all that I didn't even see that I've seen it from the internet Internet's been talking crazy To the point where I was like How long has this shit even been out Or whatever But Saturday After I worked on my car I was dead ass tired Um just a, a long day, so I said, you know what, man, I need to get something to eat, and I don't care what I eat right now, I gotta get something. And I just went to Popeyes, got the number ten, spicy, with some green beans, Cajun fries, and a biscuit on the side. Dog, it changed my life, man. It changed my life. It changed my life so much, so. Check this out. So, Saturday night, I 
had that Saturday afternoon. Saturday night, I went out <clears throat> with my lost friend, Grant, unfortunately. But I ended up taking him home. We were, we were at the bar with some friends. I took him home about 10 o'clock. I was like, bro, I'm going to call it an early night, man. And, you know, I was just chilling for the most part, socializing. Um, and I was with uh, with one of my best friends, um, uh, female bartender, which is one of my good friends. And she's like, um, uh, I'm getting off right now. Can uh, can you take me to go get some food or something or whatever? So, yeah, yeah, sure, we do that. So I go to Jack in the Box to get her some food. And I order a spicy chicken from Jack in the Box. And I get it when I take her food back. And I'm picking it up to put it in my mouth. And I said, nah, man. I can't do this. I put it back in the wrapper, put it back in the bag, and I threw it away out of respect for Popeye's chicken sandwich. I wasted like $10 on a meal, threw it away. I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it. It would have been a disservice to myself and to the hardworking employees who deserve a big shout out that are working endlessly dead-ass drain, low fatigue, underpaid as the Popeye's employees are. So bad for those guys, man. I left a tip when I went in there and got my shit. Um, <clears throat> but, JP, I've been I've been trying to tell everybody, putting them on, and I've been getting positive feedback for those that have tried. So when I was on the way home today, <clears throat> I seen your message. You finally went and tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I said, what's the verdict? And I got three flame emojis back from JP, which set it off. Now, my experience, JP, man, this is one of the, 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 the few times where the hype is actually real. Now, we had Mayweather Pacquiao. The hype wasn't real. We've had so many instances where I want to jump on board. Is it really the truth? To me, this was the... This was this was this was God's chicken sandwich, man. <laughs> Tell me about your experience that you had today, JP. So I'm glad you could join us with it, and it's the talk of the internet. And I'm sure that when we share this episode, adding the hashtag and tags that is trending ridiculously right now, we're gonna join the social media high wave of what's going on with this Popeye's chicken sandwich. Talk to me, man. Well, you know your boy is one to rarely be a part of the hype beast train, you know, rarely. And I wasn't a part of this one. I feel like, you know, I waited, you know, about a week or two it's been now. But I live in real Los Angeles, like the real part. Like I know people live in outskirts, out RC where where you live, it looks like it's kind of um you know, half rural, half city, you know, kind of, you know, it's low key. You know, it looks that way at least. Farmer's market is the thing to do. That kind of symbolizes the uh, low keyness of the town, if you ask me. When hitting mm-hmm. the farmer's market on a, on a Thursday night is the thing to do. Um, but here in real Los Angeles, intersections are shut down behind this goddamn chicken sandwich. Like, you can't cross certain <laughs> intersections if it's a goddamn Popeye's on the corner. I mean, people are taking off of work, and that's what I did. I split, 
you know, me and my, I said, you know, I told my admin, I said, look, let's go get this goddamn sandwich. Now, I went up here, I bought about nine sandwiches for some of the staff and things like that. Um, you had to, so there was about a, well, let's go through the experience. So I, I pull up to the Popeyes, I realized, so first we went to the first one right there by USC in South Central. Uh, big main intersection, cars all in the street. I said, nope, we can't go here. Google Maps, boom, next Popeyes. Let's go over here. We're right on King and Western. I'm talking about main intersections. Anybody lives in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, they know what I'm talking about. We're on King and Western, not so bad. Drive through line, way too long. So we go park, we go in. On the on the on the door, it says, No more chicken sandwiches. We're all out. I see a dude walking out. I said they still got them sandwiches in there. He said, Yeah. So They'll put a sign up that says they're all out, but they're not all out. So we wait in line about a good (laughs) – I'd say the line was about 20 to 25 minutes. We get up there. I say, give me 75 chicken sandwiches. This motherfucker start punching it up like I was serious. I'm like, man, I'm just bullshitting with you. Um, I only want nine. (laughs) Oh, man. So I get nine chicken sandwiches, about $35. Um, So boom. I, I'm, I have one. It's it comes in its own individualized bag. You know, it's like a, it's not like a wrapper. How you how you get a burger or it's kind of in a it's in a wrapper. Then it's in a bag, really easily accessed. Okay, so that's a plus. Bam! You pull out the goddamn chicken sandwich. It's on that that new bread they use on the premium burgers these days, right? That softer mm-hmm. bread. It ain't the regular burger bread. It's the good bread. You know what I mean? Now, I'm an old, grizzly, grumpy dude, and I'm like, I, I've never had Chick-fil-A to this day. You know why? It seems too trendy for me, and I'm I'm itchy and skitchy and grumpy and all those things, so I don't fuck with it just because I don't want to be a part of nothing trendy. I'm just like that, right? <laughs> uh, I haven't had Chick-fil-A. I haven't had Cane's. I've had neither of these places because in my old itchy, rickety brain, it's like, why am I going to do all this shit to have a chicken strip sandwich? Matter of fact, I don't even like a bunch of sauces. If I got to put sauces on shit to make it taste good, it's probably not good. You know, that's all. But I'm old and ickety and rickety and all that. So Popeye's, I pull the sandwich out. Boom. I realized that it's not a chicken strip. It's a breaded breast of chicken, something like that, but it's made for the sandwich. I don't like chicken strip sandwiches because you have parts that have a big piece of chicken meat. Then you have a little tail-in piece where it's like crust and bread. I don't like that. You got empty spaces and shit. Yeah, I don't like that. All right? Now, Popeye's, they, they've seemed to do it better, and it's it's not what I expected. Uh, my bite-in, I, I got, for myself, I got two spices and an original. And, uh, Man, they really have the corner, the market cornered on chicken sandwiches, if you ask me. Now, my only reference – now, I hear the great debate out here that it's Chick-fil-A or, or freaking uh, Popeye's, and I hear the experts, quote-unquote, saying you know, it's just not comparison. They're two different things. The, the Chick-fil-A sandwich is more like KFC original recipe, whereas Popeye's is a crunchy recipe, so you can't compare them. Look, I don't have the reference. My only reference for the chicken sandwich is a McDonald's McChicken. So, of course, it's doing better than that. 
no shade on the McDonald's McChicken to get you through some tough times. But Popeye's, um, great chicken sandwich, man, really good. It's uh, It lived up to expectations, to be honest with you. Here's my bone. Here's my bone to pick, and I'm sure you guys are hearing this going around social media. Here black people going again, making another already doing well franchise rich as fuck. I hear the numbers are like $350 million in a week and didn't have to do no advertising. Y'all remember, y'all, re, y'all remember that old black lady? Honey, child, if y'all want to try Popeye's, come on. They didn't even have to use her black ass to get this one off the ground because they had all us niggas on Twitter and Instagram. Word of mouth, man. Word of mouth is the most powerful it's thing true. to steal. And uh, black Twitter, they say. They say black Twitter advertise the hell out of this thing because this is how I found out about it, of course. And my friends, my wife's friends, and anybody around my circle surrounding is just have you had the chicken sandwich yet. So, you know, I wish we can put our our power, our, our buying power into something worthwhile other than a goddamn fried chicken sandwich, which why don't you just throw in a free grape soda for us while you're at it? Fuck it. And a slice of watermelon <laughs> to wash it all down. But, uh, you know, man, you, that's how we do, man. Um, and I'll, I'll bring that all the way back around to boxing. And when we talk about the pay-per-view kings and uh, the Mexicans push the, you know, this, that, and the other, I always told motherfuckers, you think Mexicans made Floyd Mayweather's a pay-per-view king? You out of your goddamn mind. And we never get no credit for our buying power. But I think Floyd Mayweather and a Popeye's chicken sandwich is a clear indication about how much buying power we got. I'm done. Boom. Mic drop. Shout out to Black Twitter and everybody that helped push this 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 glorious day for myself because the hype was real, man. The hype was real. And it's been real with us, too. Now, we have time restrictions that restraints that we went over a little bit. We're supposed to be done at 641 my time. So, I'm going to have to close the show out for us real quick. And that's the best way to, you know, normally I'll, I'll check in on everybody, what, what's going on for the rest of the day. But the words from JP right now, it's a walk-off. It's a walk-off. Outside Boxing Podcast. We out of here. Mom, I love you. P.O.P. All the day. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.